Okay. Um, can I ask the um, the guys from Red Hill to come up to the front, please? It'd be nice to uh, pray for these guys. Colin, you just give us a little touch more on the microphones. All right. Let's uh, give our guys. So, uh, Lara, do you want to introduce yourself and your clan? Okay, um, we're from Red Hill Oasis, different parts. Um, and uh, Prophet Chris, I'm going to call him Pastor here, we call him Prophet, came to us yesterday. And he so blessed us, we were so blessed, there was such an excitement in our spirit. And we're just so grateful for you. Um, and they stayed till I think about 10 p.m. an hour praying for people who we were really blessed. Um, so yeah, this is us. <laughs> Amen. Cool. Thank you. That's my son. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, what? How long has your plant been running for now? Um, it's probably about six years, but the person who was leading it passed, went to glory. Right. Okay. So yeah, so it's kind of almost restarted um, last June. Right. Okay. Yeah. So planting a church is a really, really hard job to do. And uh, it can be soul destroying, it can be really discouraging, can be hard work, it can also be the most rewarding thing ever as well. But I just thought it'd be nice if we could just, or if we all just pray for these guys right now, that God will encourage them and God will bless them. So Lord God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, that um, for these guys at Red Hill, Lord Jesus, we're all one big family, Lord God, in you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, for these brothers and sisters, these precious people, Lord God. And Lord, we just pray that you will bless them and that you'll prosper them, Lord Jesus. And that all that they turn their hands to, Lord God, that you will do wonderful things through this community of believers, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you for what they're doing there already. And I just pray that it will grow and grow and grow. And pray you'll just encourage them and bless them, Lord. And we we all in agreement, Lord Jesus. We just pray for these guys right now and say, be blessed in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So afterwards after the end of this sermon right i'd like a couple of you or three or four of you to come up and uh, you can return the favor yeah. uh, so this lot need praying for today as well so it'd be good at the end of the sermon if you'd like guys to be all right to pray yeah. yeah okay right thank you very much god amen okay so um tracy said um because it's harvest festival today i need to preach on something to do with harvest <laughs> so uh she's not here yeah she's not here we could do what we like right <laughs> amen so uh where are we thank you there's always one isn't there um do you know what? I, I have act oh no no i know where i am there is. No. There we go. All right. So if you'd like to turn with me to Jeremiah uh, chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 23 onwards. So Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 23 onwards. Now, when Jeremiah is saying this, give you a bit of a backdrop to what's going on here. Jeremiah was a prophet. I'm sure most of you are aware of that. Um, but he was really called by God to 
Be one of those doom and gloom prophets, you know, the guys that always give you the bad news that you don't really want to hear. And um, at the time in Israel, things seemed like they were going okay. You know, the people were really into their faith, as it were, but it was all very religious and it had lost the heart and the spirit behind it. And they were doing things that God wasn't pleased with. And uh, thanks, Trish. And as a consequence, Prophet Jeremiah had to basically say to them, guys, I'm sorry, but you're off going to have to go into Babylonian captivity. So he was a popular guy. He was basically considered an enemy of the state because of the things that he was prophesying against Israel. So I wouldn't like to be in his, his shoes. You know, they called him the weeping prophet. And I was like, well, I can tell why. Um, you know, it's bad enough when, when half of the people in Christendom like you and the other half don't. But when you're in a place where everybody is not interested in what you've got to say, I mean, that, that can't be easy. And so he, he's speaking to them. And he gives this, uh, this, this kind of word, but this starts in a negative way. But although it's negative, it's actually implying what we should be like. And he says in verse 14, he says, Cleanse your heart of evil, Jerusalem, that you may be saved. How long will you entertain wicked schemes? And that's not it. Where's it gone? <coughs> right. 23. Thank you. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on here today. I've just completely lost the plot today. Um. Oh yeah, here we go. Sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter, chapter five. So it says, by this people's heart is, but this people's heart is stubborn and rebellious. They turn and go away and do not say in their hearts, let us fear the Lord our God who give us rain early and late in its time, who watches for us over the appointed weeks of harvest. Your crimes have prevented these things. Your sins have turned these blessings away from you. And um, so basically, he's having a go at them about their bad heart. And what's interesting about 24 is he's, he's saying this is what you should be like, but you're not. He says, you do not say in your hearts, let us fear the Lord our God, who gives us rain early and late, or former and latter, as it says in some translations. It's our God who gives us rain and in its time who watches for us over the appointed weeks of harvest. So obviously today I'm going to talk about harvest and somehow try and relate it into something that we can use on Monday morning. Um, but let's start with this opening bit here that Jeremiah is saying. He's saying, let us fear the Lord. As in, this is what you should be saying in our hearts. Let us fear the Lord. One of my kind of criticisms, I guess, of, of charismatic evangelical Christianity, and there's not that many of them, but I mean, this is, this is one, is that sometimes we become a bit too familiar with the divine. In that God is a holy God. And, and sometimes on the charismatic end of the scale, it's, it's like, well, God's my mate. God's my buddy. The Holy Spirit is my friend. And all of that is true. And that is, and that is right. But at the same time, sometimes we lose the reverence of God and the fear of God. And the scriptures are very clear in the book of uh, Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge. Now, it's interesting that it says the beginning of knowledge. And I was pondering on that the other day. It's like, what does that mean? It's the beginning of knowledge. And it became quite clear, it's like any knowledge that you have, if it doesn't start with the premise of in the beginning God, then that knowledge is flawed. Amen. So if you're a school teacher, if your knowledge is not in the beginning God, you have a problem. If you're a scientist and your science doesn't start with in the beginning God, you have a problem. Even if you're a musician or an artist or whatever it is you do, if your life is not in the beginning God, whatever you build on that knowledge is flawed. It has to be. God has to be the beginning of your knowledge and God has to be the beginning of wisdom. And it's the fear of the Lord that will introduce you to this. And when we understand 
that God is at the centre of everything and everything that we have and everything that we are, we live and have our mo- and move and have our being in him, comes from the source which is God Almighty. And that just, you see, God is just so beautiful and so wonderful. And just being in the presence of the holiness of God is a beautiful thing. The Bible says, let us worship him in the beauty of holiness. And, and holiness is such a beautiful thing. It's a mysterious thing as well, because, you know, there's all ideas about what holiness is. But holiness is God. God is the source of holiness. And so any holiness that you and I have comes from him. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, I quote it a lot, but it says, He who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. You're clothed in his righteousness. Our righteousness is like oily, filthy rags, but his righteousness is perfect and good and right. That's not to say you can live as you please. Obviously, we need to live a life that is in right standing with God, but it's his righteousness that covers us and his goodness and his kindness. Hallelujah. Let us fear the Lord our God, who gives us rain. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I come across this in the news a few weeks ago, that Europe are having massive problems with power outages. I don't know if you know this. And do you know what's caused it? The drought, the drought, the lack of rain, because a lot of their electricity is hydroelectric. So they need the water to run the, hyd- you know, the hydraulic, etc., to, to make the electricity. And because they've had a, dry, a drought, a drought, a drought um, they're not getting the amount of electricity that they want. And it amazes me that man thinks he's so amazing and he's so awesome and he's so wonderful and who needs God anyway? And then you just take away one thing like, I won't give you any rain for six weeks and see how you get on with that. And it just immediately puts man back in his place. It's like, please let it rain, please. Otherwise we can't have electricity and if we haven't got electricity, we can't run our economy. And if we can't run our economy, we're all doomed. You know, so it's, it's very, it's, it's, it amazes me just how fragile our earth is and if it isn't for the constant goodness and kindness of God in his providence, man, we'd be in a lot of trouble, you know. And it's, it's good for us to remember that. And that's why harvest time is traditionally a time to be reminded of God's providence and God's kindness and God's generosity to us. Because it's so easy to forget. You're putting that dinner in your mouth and you say, oh, I'm just so depressed. Nothing goes my way. God doesn't seem to be on my side. Like, How are you enjoying that food that you're eating? Is your belly nice and full? Yeah. Well, that food came from God. You might be having a bad day, but you've got to be thankful and appreciative even for the small things in your life as well as the big things. Hallelujah. Even the things that are embarrassing. I remember when I used to have a three-wheeled car to drive around in. Well, praise God. He thought it was funny, but I wasn't so convinced. But I was blessed. That's what I'm saying in faith. I was blessed. Hallelujah. Looked like Del Boy driving around town. Let us fear the Lord our God who gives us rain early and late in its time. So this is what I want to focus on a bit. So you've got the early rains and the late rains, or the early rains and the latter rains, the former rains and the latter rains. So did a little bit of homework this morning uh, on this, just for a change, and uh, looked into this. Obviously, Israel's calendar, it's a bit peculiar, Israel's calendar, because their calendar, the new year starts in September, which isn't actually probably where it should start, because it says in uh, Exodus that, that uh, on the feast of the Passover, it says, let this be the beginning of months, etc., etc. So ideally, really, the beginning of the year should be around about April, end of March, April time, right? Well, here's something else you probably didn't know, is that Britain's New Year used to be on the 25th of March. 
Did you know that? No, a lot of people don't. Um, you can thank the Reformation for moving it to the first. I don't know why they did that. But, but since right through medieval Christianity, right back to the early days when Bede came into this country. So we're talking about 250, 300 um, BAD, not BC. Um, we celebrated New Year on the 25th of March, which was in sync with Passover. In fact, the early church, the reason why our Easter flips around a little bit is because there was a big conflab in the early church. And it kind of divided the early church. This is in 2nd century AD. And it was like, okay, are we going to follow the Jewish calendar for Passover or, or are we going to make it a little bit more convenient because theirs keeps moving about all over the place that we could we just please make it so it ends on a sun, it starts on a Sunday because that just makes it really nice and neat and tidy. And Christendom fought over this and there was letters flying backwards and forwards. Uh, but in the end, they, they, they chose to opt for, a, well, can we have it on a Sunday because it's really convenient rather than following the Jewish calendar back then, which is a bit of a, I think they missed a trick there, but there we go, we're stuck with it now. But um, so that's, that's how Easter became this move that well this thing in April whereas the Hebrew one tends to move about a bit but what's interesting between Britain and Israel is that we actually share very similar weather patterns okay and very similar weather to them so you've got you got in in uh, Israel you have in the autumn you have two you have two rains one in the spring autumn one in the spring now the one in the autumn is called the former all the early rains now this is really good because you don't want hard rains in Israel just after a hard summer, a hot summer. Why? Because you'll get flooding. So the rains that come in the autumn are quite light, gentle rains that soften up the ground, which is great for the farmers because then they can plough the ground, put in the seeds, and then comes the next rains or the latter rains. I think the latter rains, yeah. I get confused between former and latter. Is that my right? The early and the latter, I don't know. But then it come the late rains, latter rains, and they fall in the springtime, but they're really hard rains, really big rains. And they're great for the wheat crop and the barley crop to help it grow. So you have these two feasts. Now, what's interesting, uh, when you look at the Hebrew words for these feasts, so the autumn rains, as in the, the early rains, the Hebrew word is yore, and that's the root of the word yore is from a word called, um, uh, I've just forgotten, it's where the word Torah comes from. Yara, that's it, Yara. So Yara means to pull back your bow and fire out an arrow and it hits the mark, okay? And so to sin is to miss the mark, is literally what the word sin means. It means to go stray of, of hitting the mark. And the word Yara is where obviously Torah comes from, etc. And so it's about hitting the mark. And so this word that's used for the former rains basically means teaching or the word. Okay, so just park that up there. That's nice, isn't it? It's really interesting. So then when we look at the second word in the, in the so now this is in the springtime when they get the heavy rains. This is known as the latter rain. And the Hebrew word there is Malkosh. Now, Malkosh is normally linked with water, and obviously in the scriptures, water is linked with the spirit. Okay, just stick with me. So we'll find out why and how. If we turn with me to Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3. Isaiah 44, verse 3. I'll give you a chance to get to that. And it says this. I will pour out water upon the thirsty ground, streams upon the dry land. I will pour out my spirit upon your offspring, my blessing upon your descendants. So here they're talking about, this is um, 
This is often linked up with that time of the year. So this pouring out water upon the ground, the thirsty ground and the streams, but here it's linked with the spirit as well. So water is quite often linked with the things of the Holy Spirit. So this is interesting. So when you put those two words together, guess what you get? The word and the spirit. And we've been talking about this for years, haven't we, um, as Christians? Yeah, we, we need the word and the spirit. Because obviously if you have just the word and no spirit, they say you dry up. And if you have too much spirit and no word, you blow up. Okay, so you need, you need those two things to be holding us in tension. Because you see, it says in Jeremiah 1.14 that God watches over his word to perform it. And so you need the Holy Spirit on the word of God. In Genesis 1, it talks about the Holy Spirit hovering and brooding and fluttering over the waters like, a, like almost like a hummingbird, just waiting for something. What's he waiting for? He's waiting for the word of God. So you need the spirit and the word. In fact, the word without the spirit is dead because the word of God is living and active. And therefore, it needs to have the spirit of God moving on it to make it work. Because if it doesn't have the Holy Spirit on it, it's just a dead word. You need to, you know, because the word of God is living and active. It cuts right to the bone and right to the marrow, even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit. That's how precise it is. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So we need the word and the spirit. And so that's the first bit about harvest. Now I can talk about what I'd really like to talk about. So which is this whole thing about God pouring out his spirit upon us? Because... In another thing about the harvest time is that in the, obviously you have the former rains and then you have the latter rains. Now in the Israel calendar, Pentecost is one of the early harvest festivals. Now when the Holy Spirit was first poured out, what, what, when was it poured out? Pentecost. Very good, very smart crowd. Okay, so Pentecost was when it was poured out. But... We're coming into the last of the Hebrew calendar for, for, the, for the, uh, part, the harvest festivals. And the last one of the harvest festivals is? Tabernacles, Sukkot, all that kind of stuff, okay? Now, what's special about that? Well, Sukkot is a prophetic uh, feast, which is about the ingathering of the nations. Now, this therefore tells us, the former and the latter rain, tells us very clearly that God poured out his spirit in mighty power on Pentecost. And therefore, when we come closer to the end of the age, he will pour out his spirit again, but this time not at Pentecost, but at Sukkot. And it will go out to all of the nations so that there will be a mighty end time revival for the final ingathering. But Chris, I thought it said in the Bible that there'll be a great apostasy in the end of the days. Yes, that's right. It does say there'll be a great apostasy. I'm sorry, guys, you heard some of this last night. There, I, there is a great apostasy at the end of days. Man, you, you, there's one going on right now. I don't know if you've noticed in England, there's one going on right now. But also in the, in the eastern block of the world, there's revival going on right now. You can have revival and apostasy at the same time. Go figure. And so... It says in Joel 2, or I think it's Joel 2, it says, In the last days, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, i.e. before Jesus returns, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You might go, wasn't that fulfilled in Acts chapter 2? No, only partially fulfilled. It's the beginning of the harvest festival outpouring, but it will be the final harvest part of the, of the Jewish calendar. That's when the final earth-shattering awesome revival will come now do you think jesus is going to come back for three guys 
excuse me, uh, buried in a bunker, waiting for Jesus. They're the only ones who've got the true doctrine there because everyone else is wrong. They're hunkered down. They've got their ammo all next to them just in case, you know, and they've got their, they've got their dried food and all this kind of stuff, just waiting for Jesus to return. Do you honestly think that's what Jesus is coming back for? Come on, guys. There's some people go, yes, that is what he's coming back for. He's coming back for a remnant. Well, the word remnant and any application to it is always referring to Israel and never the church. Never. Remnant theology, you look at it and go, well, where does this relate to the church? It never relates to the church. It only ever relates to Israel. And what is this remnant that gets saved at the end of days? It's literally the remnant of Israel that survives after the great war, which after the rise of the Antichrist, etc., before Christ returns himself. That's the remnant, and that remnant will be saved. All Israel shall be saved. At that point, at the fullness of the times of the Gentiles, then all Israel shall be saved. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And then, and only then, can you come into the fullness of the new covenant. It says all this in Romans 9 through 11. It says in Romans about that if we have been blessed, because they have been pulled out, so to speak, so that we can be grafted in, Paul then goes on to say, how much more then when they come back in? Will it be a blessing to us? So if, if Christianity has been as blessed as we have for the last 2,000 years, it's not been too bad, is it? Anyone here 2,000 years old? Okay, it's not been too bad. But when, but when Israel finally come into the fullness of what God has promised for them, then it will be a blessing for all of us. This is not weird, crazy theology. It's all in Romans. Read it. Chapters 9 through to 11. It's all there. Hallelujah. These are the things that we've got to look forward to. This is the hope that God has given to his church. These are the things that Apostle Paul said. You've got to encourage one another with these words. We've got to live our lives waiting for the return of Jesus, for the resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah. That's what we're here for. You know, if you read in Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about the basic elementary doctrines that every Christian should know about. Well, let's have a look at them, shall we? Let's go there now. If you've got a Bible, turn with me. And if I mention the word harvest a couple of times, it'll all, yeah, we'll make it work. <laughs> and today was really the wrong day to wear a jumper. It's warm in here, isn't it? Uh, it's Hebrews chapter 6. Now, these are the kind of the elementary things that every Christian should know about as standard when they get saved. It says, therefore, let us leave behind the basic teaching about Christ and advance to maturity without laying the foundation all over again. Repentance from dead works and faith in God. Instruction about baptisms or washings and the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. These are quintessential doctrines every Christian needs to know about. They need to understand about moving into maturity. They need to understand about repentance from dead works and what that means. They need to understand about faith in God. They need to understand the doctrine of baptisms. Notice it's plural, not singular, because there's lots of different types of baptisms. Laying on of hands, uh, the resurrection of the dead. Resurrection of the dead is just not taught in many churches anymore. It's like it just somehow we overlooked it. But that's our hope. That's what we're, we're here for. When Jesus returns, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, it talks about the final trumpet blast. And when Jesus appears, it says that the dead in Christ will rise up first and we shall go and meet him in the air. Hallelujah. 
So I'm looking forward to it. Man, I am so looking forward to the resurrection of the dead. I really am. It's like, it's one of those things that keep me going in the morning, you know, when you wake up with another sleep-related injury. Uh, I can't wait till I get raised from the dead because I'll never have this ever again. Uh. <laughs> yeah, any amens out there? <laughs> you know you're old when you've got sleep-related injuries. Gosh, praise the Lord. Isn't he good? So... Because God is going to bless us with the former and the latter rains, how does this help us now? Because obviously we're not quite, well, we're getting very close to it, to the end of the age. And we are waiting for, the, I believe, the greatest outpouring of God's spirit the earth has ever witnessed, which I believe is going to be known as the golden age of the church. But what do we do in the meantime? How, how is this talk on harvest going to help us Monday morning? Because if what I always say is to everyone who wants to preach, if what you've got to say won't help someone on Monday morning, then pretty much what you've got to say isn't worth saying at all. It's got to change people's lives. It's got to transform them. Don't give them information. Give them transformation. God wants people to go from one degree of glory to another. He doesn't want them to fill up with head knowledge, so they just walk around with big heavy heads all day long. Oh, I'm so clever. But they need something that they can take and apply to their lives so that they can grow each day one step closer to Jesus. That's true discipleship. And that's how we want to be doing. That's how we want to live our lives. One step closer to Jesus every single day of my life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So what we're going to do now is that we're going to get some of the guys from Red Hill up here. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to do some prayer. We're going to, we're going to, we've, all of us, I'm sure most people here have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Okay, right. So that's, that's good. Pretty much most people. Okay, now's the chance, okay, that if you haven't been filled with the Spirit, come forward and receive the Holy Spirit. And if you have been filled with the Spirit, like in 1920 or whenever it was, sorry if I'm being rude, then come and get a, a latter rain or former, yeah, get, come and get a latter rain experience and get some more Holy Spirit. Because, you know, God wants his people to be a people of joy. The kingdom of heaven is not in drinking and not in food, but it is in righteousness, peace and joy. I think it's Romans 12, I think, or Romans 14. And that's, that's the nature of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace and joy. And God wants us to have peace in our life. God wants us to walk around with that serenity inside of our hearts. Good name that, eh? <laughs> Except she's named after a spaceship. Don't be, mis uh, don't be misinformed. <laughs> So some dodgy sci-fi film I watched I thought Serenity that's the name of a spaceship what a great name for a kid so uh, yeah it was either that or Death Star so um, so God wants us to give us peace and he wants to give us his joy and joy is something that we need in these days ahead right we need joy we need to be having infectious joy you know I was praying for someone last night and this, I've never seen this before she was crying because she was sad but she was laughing at the same time I was like, you're right. <laughs> I've never seen someone crying because they're sad, but laughing because they're happy. That's the joy of the Lord. In spite of our pain and our difficulties, you can still have joy to keep you strong. Amen. OK, so guys from Red Hill, if you'd like to come forward, so those that want to feel comfortable to pray, you can trust these guys. They're not weird. <laughs> Go for it. We are very weird, actually. We are. We are. We are ourselves. Um, is that okay? Um, I just had a, a word. Is that okay to share? Go for it. Yeah. Um, just really small during worship. Um, I just heard the word sons of God. And it's awesome when you walk in this place because you're so welcomed by um, the Spirit of God, the presence of God, you know, Jesus. 
but I felt that some of you haven't got that identity of being a son of God with the Father who loves you and being the son and the inheritance that comes. You have an inheritance of everything in the kingdom as a son of God. And that's basically what I wanted to share. Yeah, amen. It's Thank good. Good a general word to everybody. Speak more, speak more to my yeah. Don't be shy. Um, yeah, I, I felt the spirit of God saying, you are about to come into the best season of your life. It doesn't necessarily mean it will be easy in everything you do, but it is going to be total contentment with him and assurance and intimacy. Amen. Cool. Thank you. So what we'll do, young guys, get prayed for by the young guys. <laughs> And uh, everyone else who wants to get prayer for, for, for prayer, prayer, anyway, get prayer, uh, come up and see the rest of these people. So let, let's do it now. So who wants to, who wants to receive a blessing from the Lord? Who wants some latter rain stuff? Oh, I love the bread. Come on, get, get, come and get some. Okay, and uh, we'll close the service there. And uh, so please stick around, have some tea and coffee at the back, and also there's food upstairs that will be served shortly. So please stay and enjoy some company. But for everyone else who wants some prayer, come forward now. Amen.